1: Hi there, I'm Brian Abana, and you're listening to the Mall Over Cot- Podcast.
2: Hello and welcome to this week's Mall Over Podcast, the only rugby podcast that gives you the news, views and opinion on the weekend's rugby action or the West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter, we are at Mall Over Podcast, Mall Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook and you can find all of our podcasts and other content on the Sports Podcast Network. Uh, I'm joined this week by uh, the nicest man in Cornish rugby podcasting, Ben Eustace. How are you doing, Ben? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. And I'm also joined by, uh, I don't complete even know how to cunt. describe him anymore. A complete <laughs> cunt. Yeah, let's describe him. Let's drop the C-bomb early. Um, one of the shortest known Mike Friday lookalikes in the world, uh, Douglas Andrews. Hello, Dougie. How you doing, Millers? Millers. That's a good one. Um, Let let me start with a little story um, because we mentioned last week that you and I went to the Oval to watch absolutely no cricket. Um, But what we failed to mention because we ran out of time and I had to do that little uh, interlude segment at the end was we were faced with on the train from, was it Chalfont and Latimer that we got on the train? Was it Cheshire? We got on the train at Amersham, did we? Right. So we got on the train from Amersham to Mary Marylebone, Mary Lebone, <laughs> And uh, I think it might have even been at Chalfont and Latimer that two of the most... I mean, to say the two most middle-class, plum-chino-wearing um, boys from the city got on uh, and proceeded to have the loudest conversation known to man across the carriage about all sorts of things, um, including one guy who was uh, leaving leaving his job that day and uh, was telling everybody he had no idea how many people were coming to the, his leaving drinks because there were bloody loads of them. Loads of people going to his bloody leaving They're drink. all
1: coming. They're all coming.
2: Everyone's coming, like everyone. Um, ben,
0: go on, mate. Um, When I got the train back from one of the World Cup games in Brighton, there was an American guy who obviously knew everything about rugby, who'd made friends with two red chino types. And um, he was like, yeah, hey, guys, what's your favourite premiership team? (laughs) Premiership. You you just saw the panic come over their faces because they only go and watch one internationally, yeah. And
2: eventually
0: they're like, yeah, 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 Harlequins. Yeah, I love Harlequins.
2: I mean th- this got better because it turns out that one of the guys uh had been trying to retire for so long um but he was uh picked for the they they had a hooker shortage in the club, so he he came back um but he didn't even get picked and he was the only hooker available he was he was quite he was quite annoyed by the whole scenario um and then they decided to to start talking about their favorite favorite team, uh, which just happened to be Saracen's. <laughs> um, but they only go they'll only go and watch Saracen's we'll only get a Barnet if I can if I can tap up uh, my friend and get us some free tickets and maybe uh, one of us can drive and then three of us can have a few you know fa- five pints and the, and the driver can have like two or three I'm like well clearly that's illegal but um, you know we all know it's five and drive hmm. um and then to, to cap it all off, one of the guys went in to to talk about the new Saracens kit and he described Owen Farrell, and I quote, "Uh, have you seen the new Saracens kit? Oh yeah, Fazza looks amazing in it. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) So So Dougie and I sat opposite each other On the on this train, the minute he said "Fazza," all I did was look up from my phone, and Doug's shoulders are starting to to shake a little bit, and we're we're just looking at each other, going, "You know when you know what each other are thinking?" He's going, "These these two are an absolute pair of melts. What are (laughs) they going on about? One of them, one of them clearly, clearly, yeah, everyone, yeah, Yeah. having having his mum, mum and dad, sky go." Because he yeah, can't no Because he because he didn't want to pay for no his no own.
1: He's been trying to retire for years from the rugby club because everyone fucking hates him. <laughs>
2: typical. He's that typical guy. Yeah. And it was funny. So there you go. That that was a funny, well, I, I guess what it depends what your uh, definition of funny is, but that was the anecdote from the from the train. Um, should we talk about should we talk about some rugby from the weekend and, and beyond? Um sure. other than the other than the premiership trying to eat itself again with this whole Worcester scenario that I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, there were no Friday no Friday night matches on live television this week. I'm assuming to do with uh, crew availability and camera availability. Nope, and nothing to availability. Do that.
1: It was Northampton Saints not having adequate rest time because they played on Sunday last week and they were due to play on Friday this week. Um. And so they claim that they didn't have enough rest, which I, d- I don't know how the human body works, but I'm not sure how an extra 14 hours rest makes that much difference.
2: Yet again, the Premiership doing its best to make itself look like an entirely shambolic organisation. Um, but there was a game on Thursday. Ben and Doug, did you see or hear anything about this Blooderslow
1: Cup match? Yeah, I, I caught the last 20 minutes of it, which uh, was interesting.
2: Yeah, what did you make? I mean, we'll, well,
1: the we'll... last last two minutes was interesting. The rest of it, I couldn't give two shits about. But... Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, having watched the last two minutes, and I've watched it a couple of times and listened to Raynal speak, I don't understand what the big deal is. He gave Australia ample time to, uh, to get on with it. And actually, I, you would hope in the future, more referees would would take heed of what he did because there's so much fucking wasted time in rugby that, you know, little things like that. Just kick the ball into touch. Oh, yeah, but it's, it's the last two minutes. We're under real pressure, whatever. Just kick it into touch, mate. Kick into touch. Yeah, you got I the, you got the throw I, in.
1: I sort of felt like if you really back yourself, just tap and go. All you got to do is play three phases. Yeah. Three phases and the game's over. If you can't retain the ball picking and go for three three phases, then um, you probably don't deserve to win. I, I I don't know what the statistics would say, but I'd, I'd probably suggest that you, you're you more likely to pick and go three phases than you are to kick to touch, win a line out, play first phase ball and not concede either a turnover but or...
2: I suppose the, the risk for the line out is you can waste... A good thirty or forty seconds by kicking it and just jogging over in that general direction, can't you? You don't have to sprint over there, and you can get well. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's their own fault. It's just play the play the fucking game. Yeah, you know, or stop the clock once a penalty is awarded, and don't don't start the clock until it until it until it um, is put back in play. So. I mean, that's an easy answer to avoid this situation ever again. I mean, it'll never happen in the same way that there'll never be a scrum clock and there'll never be um, time put back on the clock for when a TMO interjection costs everyone two minutes of match time. Yeah, seven hours of their life. I, I don't think many
0: people have got a problem with it, except for Australians, have they? Which, well, which makes it I'd all the more
1: delicious. Australia to have won, because anything to see New Zealand get beaten at anything ever, you know. So I'd have liked Australia teams, to have really. won. But no, there, there there really isn't that much you can complain about. It's just stupidity, rank stupidity. And and mm. and a, another example of players just having no respect for referees and, and just sort of thinking that they're they're bigger than them you know
2: yeah talking of talking of rank stupidity um where <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm gonna know the answer where would you sit on that um darcy swain clear out pretty naughty wasn't it
1: well yeah, yeah but are we are we forming an opinion based on outcome with that because if he goes six inches higher, he hits him on the thigh and everyone says it's perfect. I mean, yes, it's in from the side, but there's a million in from the side clear outs. You're told to go low, so he's gone low and he's just happened to hit a weak spot. You, I mean, yes, that, margin, that is an argument. So fine, mate. Don't tell me for a minute that that guy's targeted his knee there. I'm not having that.
2: I, 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 you can't you could never you can never 100% know for certain unless he admits it can you, you No, but you know
1: I've seen enough rugby over the years and I've seen enough interactions between professional rugby players to know that there there is an innate um, understanding amongst those lads that they're part of a club and they look after each other they don't do shit like that anymore But that, uh, yeah, which is fair enough. And I don't. It was a bad bad outcome. But I'm not having that. It was, you know, you you listen to the usual channels and it always targeted his knee. He should be banned for life. He should be banned for however long the player's injured for. It's like you cunts have been telling everyone to go lower. This is what happens when you go lower.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, there's two there's two schools of thought. I've seen lots of rhetoric of people, you know, saying that ex professionals saying that he's that he knows what he's done and he's and he's done him. And then there's the flip side of that that you quite rightly say, yes, he was he came from the side, you know, on the side, and another six inches higher, and he's and he's on the thigh, and it's is, all good.
0: Is there a middle
2: ground here that he's
0: he's lost his temper a bit? he's decided he's just going to fly in and hurt him. Um, and by bad or good luck, whichever way you're looking at it, he's caught him in a bad area and done a lot more damage than perhaps he was intending to. I mean, we've all yeah. seen that happen. Someone's quite, like lost their temper possibly.
1: I don't think, I don't think they're mutually exclusive uh, outcomes, are they? I think, I just think it's one of those things again, where something bad happens and we judge everything by the outcome of that thing so if he gets up and walks away we probably look at it and go that he's lucky he got away with that was it as bad well he's you know I just I just feel like as with most things you know when, when people have head contact in a tackle and the player bounces up and runs away nobody's like oh he's hit him in the head it's like just move on to the next tackle. But if someone goes down and stays down, then it's I'll ban the guy for life. He's trying to decapitate someone.
2: There's, there's a bit of an example of that in the, the Worcester Exeter game, wasn't there? We can, we'll come on to a bit, a bit later. Um, I mean, it's all, it's all fair enough. And I think if, if Swain hadn't had a little bit of previous, I know he got, he got sent off in the, in the summer, didn't he? After a little tete-a-tete with, with Johnny Hill. And I think he's, maybe exuberance of youth or you know whatever. I it suppose is. to a
0: degree that is how laws work, isn't it? Because if your um red trousered Saracen's friend gets driven home by his mate who's had five or six pints and they get pulled over, he'll get one punishment. But if he runs someone over and then gets pulled over, he'll get another different punishment, isn't it? So you do have a yeah, d- big that, of- That's
1: that's because he will have broken two laws. He would have drunk, drove and committed death by dangerous driving the the clear out the the one the, the thing that is the penalty is entering from the side going mm. at someone's knee isn't a penalty
2: yes yeah, not the. Laws, and somebody
1: so. getting injured doesn't carry extra sanction now you could say that why is it reckless well i don't see how you can claim that that's reckless because he's He's entered from the side, yes, but he's gone low as per the directives, and, he's and he just happened to get a weak point. He wasn't out of control either, was it? He? he didn't like no. fly
2: in like Skelton has flown in. You've seen before, no. to, or, to or me, some others have.
1: To, to me, the reaction is based on the outcome, and an outcome shouldn't be part of part of a rule of a game, like part of a rule of a sport, it's, or a law of a sport. I don't want any to tell me off about that. It's <laughs> um, fair enough. I think it shouldn't be part of the law. The outcome, the, the the facts are, he entered from the side of a ruck, so it's a penalty. It wasn't reckless, in my opinion. It just so happened that he caught a weak point and and popped somebody's knee in Twain. But that should have no discernible um, input into the decision making process or the 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 citing process afterwards. Otherwise, you know what what happens if you tack tap or, tack tackle or someone and they fall over and break their collarbone? Do we have to pull you up because it's reckless? Because you don't know what's going to happen to the player after you've done it. Because he's broken his collarbone.
2: I think it's slightly that's a slightly different scenario.
1: Why is it? Because can... you're you're committing an action that is out of control. When you tap tackle someone, you don't know what's going to happen to them. If it, okay, But if he
2: cut if if Swain had come in legally into that ruck and the same thing had occurred, then yeah. there would be there would be quite literally no sanction.
1: No, but at the same, same time, same as of a tap tackle, right? Legally. Right. So the sanction was a penalty, right? Did he get sent off? He, did he we get got a, yellow, a yellow? He said, yellowed, yellowed. got a yellow. Right. So what's the yellow for coming in at the side? Well, we that, was, that was the only that that, comes in the side unless they injure someone, in which case The yeah, only he, reason they looked at it, the only reason they looked at it is because of the injury.
2: They would never have they would never have they would never have Back no, so they are directly
1: website. refereeing that circumstance on outcome, which you can't do. Otherwise, you'll you'll have to pull up every single every single try. But I'm I'm not sure there's any coming back from that's this kind of officiating. I think it's once you set a precedent for something's happened, oh, he's got an ouchie, or well, we better review it. It becomes well. Then every person that gets injured has to be reviewed, and and then your decision making process is coloured by the fact that that person is injured. Yeah, so yeah. there was a good, the good one of the good documentaries. I can't remember who recommended it on uh, Long Snapper this week about uh, the untold stories. Have you seen the one about the NBA ref? No. Okay, so there's an NBA ref who was. Giving information to people for gambling purposes, and um, <clears throat> he was saying that he was he just had in he was basically insider trading on the NBA, right? So he would know that i oh, like throughout the documentary you get oh well I knew that so and so coach had a run in with one of this referees, so this referee was uh, the next time he was refereeing was going to ping him every time they did something to get back at him, so I knew that their job would be harder, so it's likely you bet on the other team. And when he got rumbled or gets rumbled, I won't, I don't care. When he gets rumbled by the FBI and and everyone gets involved, the FBI sit him down and say, were you fixing matches? And he was saying, no, because I wasn't actually betting on the games. All I was doing was giving information that I knew to people who would then bet on it. Yeah but the M- the FBI would say to him well you may not have been fixing games but subconsciously you could have been making decisions based on the fact that you knew money was being bet on the outcome that you were suggesting right so actually you were influencing that game even though you didn't know right That's kind of what's happening here with these decisions, because when when it goes to video ref and you're seeing a player arriving in an agony and and on gas and air and being carted off a pitch, you're looking, well, that must have been bad. So regardless of what you actually see, you've already got in your head, well, it must have been foul play because that bloke's injured, regardless of the facts. And the facts were he came in at the side at a slightly dodgy angle and broke someone's knee.
2: Again, again, that that is a lot. You know, it's a lot like the um, the done incident for Exeter at the weekend, where it, where his foot was touching the floor. I can't remember who the winger was, but they 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 looked at it for so. Even though yeah. it, they, it was clear his foot was on the floor when the, the contact was made, they felt like they had to go
1: and look and look and look it to make. Yeah, and I texted. I texted. Text Agree, didn't I? That. Well, British television, HD television is filmed at, I think 30 frames a second. Yeah. Can't remember. 30. 30 frames a second. So, and the difference between his foot being up and his foot being down was two frames. So that's one fifteenth of a second.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So Yellow card and play on.
2: Yeah. Or even, or not even yellow card, potentially red card and play on. Right. And, And when it's that close, when it is that minutely close, they shouldn't even look, they should have looked at it once and gone, that's really, really close. We've got to give him the benefit of that way because that is really close. It's not clear that his foot was in the air. If his foot was three or four or five inches in the air and you could see it, fine, no problem. But when it was that close, just just get on with it. We don't need to keep looking at it over and over and over again. Move on.
1: I mean, it's a tenth of a second—a tenth of a second between your team playing with fifteen and playing with fourteen. It, it's madness that it comes to this. Yeah, madness.
2: absolutely. I mean, we we'll, 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 again again—we'll come on to that, that game in a minute. Um, but we'll 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 leave that that Bledisloe Cup match uh, right there. Right then, on to the weekend's premiership. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch anything. Saturday because I was at the Periporth annual event uh, awards evening um or afternoon got very very messy Did you pick anything up I didn't pick anything up no um poor Erin uh they have a a trophy for uh whole they call it the the hole in the bat the duck award so the person in the club with the most ducks for the season oh, no. um and that just happens to be my thirteen year old daughter in adult cricket, which is a bit harsh, um considered it was her first season um but i had to, I gave her a few days' warning to get used to it <laughs> uh, and I said look you're, you're winning this you need you need to step up. yes, it's not you know it's it's a bit of a joke and embarrassing, but I was like, you know, accept it with good grace, accept it with a smile, and do better next year." <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, that was the conversation I had with her. I said, like, you, someone's got to win it. You know, if it's you, so what? doesn't matter. She'd drive, drive you to get better. Don't get as many ducks now, next year. And it literally is a cricket bat with a hole in the middle, the size of a cricket ball. <laughs> um, but she then won a, uh, a cricket bat in the raffle. A very nice, nice cricket bat as well. So, you know, yin and yang. Um, right, anyway. Uh, so yeah, I didn't get to watch anything on on Saturday. Um, what was the game? What was the game on telly on live on BT on Saturday? Was it Quinn's um, Quinn Saracens? I'd imagine, wouldn't it? It
1: was, yes.
2: But Douglas, you were at uh, Welford
1: Road, were you not? I was indeed. Uh, in the, in, well, in I the wasn't. Track? I was in High Wycombe.
2: Oh, in High Wycombe, High Wycombe.
1: Yeah, I was there for um, Leicester against Newcastle
2: question is the tmo in with you in on site so the tmo is on site you're as a director
1: tempo tempo hello tempo i think he might have even given me a a shout out when uh, we had a decision there might there might have been a uh yeah thanks dougie from tempo Ah, thanks dougo big up cheers tempo Big, big, big up from the tempo the tempo stuff from the, from the tempo, keeping the tempo with the tempo.
2: Wow. Anyway, tell us a bit. Tell us a bit about <laughs> um, Tigers
1: versus Falcons. Would you make? Um, well, Steve Borthwick talks a lot of nonsense, doesn't he? <laughs> it, it, it's like um, coaches go to Saracens. They get put through a, a bullshit, a random bullshit interview generator, and then they turn up and they. Because he talks exactly the same as old Nobby up at Sale. Oh, Alex Anderson. Yeah. Um, and who are, what other Saracens coaches are Kelly,
2: Kelly Brown.
1: Yeah, they all do it. Don't they? they all talk the same. A uh, lot, lot, uh, lot of new partnerships out there. Uh, the boys have worked really hard. Uh, yeah, we've just got to keep working. Keep working now. Newcastle are a good side. It's like, oh, God. Why do we do this every week? Got to do two 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 minute interviews where they just just regurgitate the same it, crap. It's
2: absolute evil, isn't it? Like the 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 DORs or whichever one of their minions they get to talk to uh, the commentary team for two minutes in the first half and two minutes in the second half. The BT BT Sport I think it gives real insight to the people watching, and it's a, like a almost a pull back the curtain, and it's a you know it's a it's a good thing to see for anybody that knows anything about rugby. Really, those people do not say anything at all than what you can see with
1: your own eyes. Well, the pro- the problem we've got is that when they do say stuff. It's so sensational. It's like when well, you remember when Ellis Gens said the the old uh, sausage thing, and it and it was like <laughs> national news that Ellis <laughs> Gen said sausage on telly. It's like it's not surprising that they do it. I just wish that we hadn't, we are weren't in a position where people are terrified to say anything for for fear of looking looking bad. I just, you know, these people are interesting people. There's stuff they could say. And real insight they could give about how they feel about how rugby is at the moment and, and what's going on with the game. But you're never going to get it, man. You're never going to get it. And it and it's interesting, you know, having had a little insight into lower level rugby with the Chinner game and the Army Navy game, it kind of filters down. And you want those people at that level to be real and, and, and to give the insight that. You don't get at the top level because it would be genuinely interesting. But with most things, you you get a a way of doing it at the top level that sort of permeates into everything else, and it and it just kind of it's just really dull, man. I just I you might as well not do these interviews because nothing's ever said.
2: It's like the man of the match interviews. Like the real, Borswick, the real Steve
1: Borthwick, the real Steve Borthwick is calling Pat Lam a cheat. You know, that that's the that's the bloke I want in an interview. Um, but anyway, by the by, the game was is quite interesting actually because Leicester came out really really quick and and Nadolo looked like superhuman. I, I I'm not sure who his opposite number was. I, I don't think it was Radman, but every time he got the ball, he looked dangerous. I think the problem with him is. He does it like once every three or four months. And the rest of the time he's just a fat bloke that just stands there and knocks the ball on. Yeah. What's his contract situation? Isn't he leaving? Well, he's going back to New South Wales in, in a few months. But listen, if he, if he could do what he did on Saturday every week, the bloke could earn two million a year because no one could get near him. But he just, I don't know, there's, he, he doesn't do it often enough for me. It's
2: like when Matey Boy, I can't remember his name now, let alone pronounce it. Ben, maybe you could pronounce it. The the guy who was at Saints. Um, who, you know, when he he first turned up was unbelievable. And then team slowly started to work out that he didn't have any hands and it was pretty easy to stop. I can't remember what his name was. The winger.
1: Come on, Ben, you barely said anything tonight. Yeah, but I don't know what he's talking about. The Saints winger who played for Australia okay, okay. For G, like for gian fella i can't remember. Say. yeah but i still can't remember his name
2: doug oh. I'm a, this is where I'm, i should you,
1: know that you. being a, a saints fan shouldn't i being
2: a big saints fan a huge saints
1: fan yeah
2: was he australian yeah he was yeah yeah and fuck knows well, I, can't, well, I can't remember his name but but the comparison is the same right like he used yeah. to do things that you just Nia think, and Gaely Nairovoro. that's right. And he do, th- do things, and you'd be like, "Fuck me, no one can stop him." Let like no, yeah. he, he will beat the world. And then other days, it was just like, "Who the fuck is this guy?"
1: Yeah, just a massive man with dicks for fingers.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's a similar similar thing to Nadola, isn't it? You know, they're 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 one and the same.
1: And you know, you could probably apply very similar um i genuinely love to see them playing level 5 in the centers together <laughs> that hell. that would be incredible
2: <laughs> i mean if you if you're a winger in that game um you may as well put your slippers on because <laughs> you ain't you ain't seeing no ball um but fucking hell! Can you imagine lining up in the centre if you're if you're a, a level five? You know you, you come in to you know pick up your 40, 50 quid or whatever it is for your level five game, and uh, <laughs> these, two and these t- absolute <laughs> absolute mutants turn up, and you're like, yeah. yeah. As you see them warming up, you get a, a Perry Hughes hamstring going. The warm up, sorry, <laughs> sorry, gaffer, gotta go. Can't
1: can't can't do it. But I'm not. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, back to the back to the game. I'm not sure Leicester looked quite as good as last year, which is understandable with George Ford not being there. They got us playing at ten this year. He he won't be able to play ten every week. Um, he'll break. Um, I know That's they've surprising. got. He's they've been, uh, Pollard was Pollard was there, wasn't he? Um, in the crowd, but. They just their forward pack doesn't look as good. I I, I mean I guess Visa's not there. Oh, no, Visa was there. Um yeah, they didn't enough? they didn't they didn't look as good. Not no Genge. Um I don't know. Newcastle though, they play decent rugby, they just can't defend, man. They they've got no defense. Porous <laughs> is how I describe them.
2: Very porous.
1: Yeah.
0: But- Leicester are kind of without their whole, almost the whole spine, aren't they, at the moment? You've got
1: no... Yeah, no Dan Kelly.
0: got no Ford, like you said. You've got um, the Argentinian hookers not there. Um, and the number
1: eight's not there. Is that Montero?
2: But, Montero? Um, I can't
1: remember. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it is VISA that wasn't there. VISA it was not there, there, Visa yeah. there. So no VISA, you. no Genj.
0: Mon- Montoja, isn't it, the
1: hooker? Montoja, Yeah. Uh, no, no Dan Kelly. No Stewart. No Fred so. Stewart. Yeah. I mean, they're missing quite a few players and they still put four, hung 40 on Newcastle. So,
2: But it doesn't matter saying.
1: because Newcastle
2: won't go anywhere. Um, yeah. So who really gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> that was cheery, wasn't it? Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this would be what happens. Um, really the, game, the, game, the game that was on telly was, was Quinn Saracens that finished 27-30 to Saracens. Um, I mean, again, I didn't see it. I've seen some of the highlights of the tries. Um, Seems early, a little
1: bit harsh that they didn't get to play, you know, their best player. Who? Harlequins. Little Marcus Smith wasn't playing, was he? Keep up, Russ. Come on.
2: Oh no, and that, but that again, like that wasn't allowed to play because some people, in their infinite wisdom, the the progressive rugby people who, or the people who feel like that they should be the arbiters of how many games a professional rugby player should play, say that he's not allowed to play because he hasn't had a sufficient amount of rest since he played three matches in July. The last of which, I think, was at the end of July, so two months ago. And he's got to have 10 weeks. It's just utter bullshit, isn't it? If you're paying someone 400 grand a year plus, I don't give a fuck, mate. You're you're an investment. You're you're playing. In a big game against Saracens, you can rest for the next two weeks.
1: We need you to play this game. Look, you're preaching to the choir here, mate. I, I think if you're taking your money from a club... Um, to be a professional rugby player, you play as many games as you play until you break. And then we wheel you out in a fucking wheelbarrow and we get another one.
2: But but I'm sure if you'd ask Marcus Smith, he would have had his boots on in a fucking heartbeat.
1: Yeah, because yeah. you don't get hit.
2: No, oh not. But all will happen is so Marcus Smith will he'll he'll come back. He might play one or two games for Harlequins, and then it's Autumn Internationals time.
1: Mm. And then he will be gone again yeah, for um, eight weeks. Mate, it's, it's crazy. There were, like the the in television mate the accountants have won in in rugby twitter has won
2: don't get me started on to us i had a bit of a moan about echo chambers and i I found out about a thing that i didn't really know much about It's, it's a twitter circle and it's basically the the equivalent of having a tweet and making it so only people you mention or that you follow can reply so you can really sort of, um, you can really digest the, the people that are replying to you rather than actually opening it out for a, a debate. But circle is even in more introverted than that, because then only people within your circle can see what you've posted. So they yeah. can only see it and then reply to it. It's, it's the most self-indulgent thing. I think. Well, yeah, and,
1: and, and by that happening, they, they, um, kind of believe that what they're saying is the what everyone's thinking and it's uh, okay. yeah um, everyone delete Twitter and you know yeah I mean wait the till a place to it and then delete it
2: yeah um, there were a few more games on, on Saturday Ben Bath lost at home to Sale um, despite Sale having shown it sent off in the first 10 minutes still couldn't, yeah, that, couldn't get over the that, line
0: that was uh, that was uh, one of those red cards, wasn't
2: it?
1: Nick Shonnet playing for sale? Yeah. Well, he sold me three donuts at Worcester on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) He did. I mean, mean, I'd love to say, I'd love to say (laughs) that you were lying. He did. Actual Nick Shonett. Actual Nick Shonett with the horror scar on his face. The axe (laughs) wound on his face. Sold me three donuts made by guilt trip coffee from the back of a van at Worcester
2: brilliant i mean you're not getting you're not getting that level of of podcasting anywhere else this week you really aren't and there's his titles uh for this week's podcast show donuts <laughs> he's not from cornwall mate <laughs> i'm and i'm gonna spell it like that as donuts, well donuts <laughs> show <Shownerts>, donuts
1: <laughs> that's how it's get.
2: that's how it's getting spelt um but, they- but but are showing a few signs a bit of signs of life though, I think you know they, they look a, at least a little bit more attacking than the ability to score points this season. Um, but Piers yeah. Francis at 10. Was it Piers Francis I mean, at 10 or was he at 12? He Piers at Francis
1: 10. played and he looked damn good in that kit, by the way. Handsome man.
2: That
0: the bath kit's nice this year. All three of them are nice this year.
1: I don't like that it's a solid blue back, though, Ben. Oh well, on the back don't the hoops go all the way around. Yeah.
0: That's that's not necessary, is it? Does it does, uh, it,
1: does it show he's got a fat back? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously this game wasn't on telly, so from what I've seen of it, it looked a little bit like Bath were sort of living off scraps a little bit. Um, but they've got two good tries. I mean, they should do with with that back line, really. Um, but you know, Sale. Like, Looking at the team sheet, that's a very strong sales side, isn't it? laghi was playing his one game for the season, um, and you know you've got Hill, Curry, and the uh, the Duprias. So you know it's it's a fairly strong side. I mean, but as you say, I mean it's one of those red cards. I don't think should be a red card, but Bash should have been able to take advantage of that. What was it, fourteen minutes in or something daft like that? Yeah, so yeah. seven. <laughs> Sorry, so you know you shouldn't be, be- being beaten heavily at home by um, by fourteen men.
2: And Seventy yeah. minutes, yeah.
0: Um, I think Atwood's a good sign-in. You know, when he was younger, he was hold a great the
2: hold, hold the phone. <laughs> hold the <laughs> phone, Ben. <laughs> Revelations all over the place on this week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. That was unnecessary. I just meant Not generally. happy with that, is he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, looks like Underhill's out till at least after the internationals. So yeah, he's not broken and right. he's
1: just uh, that guy broken. is an absolute body wreck, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean he should have had 300 chaps for England by now.
2: Oh yeah, if he wasn't if he wasn't perennially broken, then he's, he's England's
1: Sam Warburton. Yeah. Because when yeah. he plays, he's uh, he's always the best player on the field.
2: Yeah. Very, very good point. Um, let's move on slightly. And, Go on. Was,
1: and save Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos some money by being the uh, stock orc character in the new Lord of the Rings series.
2: <laughs> not watched it. It's not for me, mate. <laughs> anyway, um, Wasps lost at home to Bristol. Wasps are in a in a funny place, but they're not quite. Coventry. <laughs> well, yeah. They um they're not quite as in a funny place as uh as Worcester. Now wasn't
0: wasn't Russ trying to build a mine in one of those episodes of Lord of the Rings? Russ. Yeah the the like big ginger dwarf.
2: <laughs> but big
0: ginger dwarf. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, mm.
2: Mm. <laughs> um, Yeah, but we're talking about it. Worcester, I mean, Worcester, it's Tuesday evening now, five to nine. There's still no decision on uh, on Worcester's buyout. Um, they've got a Premiership Cup match tomorrow night away at Gloucester.
1: No there is no buyout. I'm telling you now, there's no one buying that club. They're £30 million in debt, apparently.
2: So they are...
1: Fuck. No one's buying that rugby club. It's it's a tragedy because that like I say a tragedy, that's probably a bit much, in it. I mean, it's sad. It's sad for the people who have grown up it, uh, as Worcester fans. It's sad for a club. I'll tell you what was when, when I first started going there, they used to have all the old in the club, that NAF side of the ground where there's a rubbish stand. They used to have in there all the old Worcester teams going back to like the 50s you know how in the clubhouse you used to get the team first team photo yeah, every, every year yeah. yeah and they were all up and then one year i can't even remember how long ago maybe five or six years ago they just disappeared and, just and it's that down. kind of thing that's going from all these clubs that 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 sort of link with their amateur days and their past and you know they used to play with a blue kit with a yellow hoop on it And now they play in this sort of just generic blue kit with a bit of yellow on it and they're called Warriors and X, Y, Z. It's like these clubs are losing their link to the past and that's what made them the big clubs they are now and not like Dunstablians or Nuki, you know, they are... Proper died-in-the-wall rugby clubs, and and come in and just rip them to shreds and and leave them in tatters, and it's I it's mean, really sad. You mentioned Nuki
2: there. if it, it feels a bit like that in Nuki at the moment, um, and I'm sure if Phil was here he would he would say the same. I mean, the the behind-the-scenes stuff at Nuki is is an absolute shocker at the moment. But uh, what is
1: it with 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 minority sports and 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 the the administration and and the people who are involved behind the scenes just being absolute fucking morons.
2: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it's not the, it's not the the people at the club. It's not the club's fault, but it's just, it's not good. Whatever, whatever way you look at it. But what I did find uh, pretty ironic from the, from the premiership, the PRL that have now decided that uh, 5,000 people capacity or 5,000 stadium capacity, is now acceptable in the Premiership?
1: I don't no, know in, if you noticed um, how, how many um, fans are at the Worcester game. Uh, five thousand, no, nope. four
2: thousand nine hundred ninety-nine was it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was more than five thousand in that stand, but I'm telling you, they already told them there was five thousand in it. Yeah,
2: well, I guess that they, for for some sort of safety reasons and stewarding, they could only have legally Well, heard. yeah,
1: but you know, it's um, it's a statement, in my yes. opinion. Yeah, uh, but
2: the but the point being that that PRL may have made this decision with with the member clubs and all this sort of stuff. Oh yeah, we'll reduce the the minimum capacity to five thousand, so that when
1: Worcester or if when it's, Worcester it, go it, to it's the wall, so, they can let
2: Elin in. It's so transparent. That it's, it's so a transparent
1: joke. and unbelievably cynical that. I don't understand how there hasn't been more fanfare and, and, and noise made about this because it's like the PRL have just gone, well, Worcester are gone, off your fuck. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Sorry, <laughs> so but we'll get, Eilin, we'll get Eli, we'll get Eli, we'll get Eli in now because they can it's fill it, the it's seat. It's in their interest to help them stay in the league. Yeah. I, it, it yeah. If, I, it know, really I, is. I won't say too much, but it, it is just so but, cynical.
2: But they've, but they, they've almost gone. Well, you know, like you say, that's it now. Worcester will be gone. We'll let, we'll let Eland in. What we'll do is when Worcester go out of business, we'll give that seat to Elin because we know they're keen. You know, they're, they're young and upcoming, these young upstarts. We'll, we'll get them in. You know, we'll give them some of Worcester's players as well, because they're going to need somewhere to go. And, uh, and then we'll we'll shut the door again we'll just bolt it up because that's it then nobody else will want to come up nobody else will have the means what to are come up the
1: regulations up? that no one's coming up next year yeah but if Worcester if Worcester
2: go out of business but it, are they just makes, going to go it, down it to 12 member a, clubs
1: and then just it go makes well we'll of have a mockery 12 of it. if if they say that people are uh, clubs are allowed to be promoted now
2: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Duke agrees. What I mean, that's the first.
0: Absolutely,
2: that's that's the first time I've you know I don't know how long you've had Duke for. We've had we've had him clattering his collar into his into his um into his water bowl or whatever it was, but I've never heard him bark the way he barks like that. So that was pretty mad. I've just muted Ben. Because I've been is
1: Ben touching Duke inappropriately. I've just had enough of his talk.
2: <laughs> Fucking mad. He's just going up at the window. Look.
1: Oh, hello. He's got his lipstick um, out. Um no, because it it would is it kind of fucks the championship because some of those clubs wouldn't have spent the money that they might have if they'd have known that there was going to be a seat at the table available. So a club like um Doncaster or or Pirates may well have spent a bit more cash to compete with Ealing if they thought there was an opportunity to go up, but they haven't had that opportunity, so they've planned accordingly.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Because six months ago, the fucking door was firmly closed and bolted. It was yeah. 10,000 or nothing.
1: Frustrating, man. It's frustrating being a rugby fan at the moment. It it feels like... It feels like everyone's conspiring to make... Everyone's conspiring to make it as hard as possible to follow, watch, like, engage with any of it. I, I just... I find it really tough as a fan. Like forget what I do for a living but as a fan I wish that the championship was more of a viable competition to the premiership but even that's been discarded it you know what 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 are we doing with rugby like you've got a premiership that that makes baffling decisions week on week and, and is just being allowed to sort of operate like it's the wild West and you, and you've got the championship, which everyone has basically just gone, well, that don't fucking matter. Why are we even bothering? Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough. To... It tough.
0: I think a lot of people feel the same as well. Like I was, I was talking to several people about it this week and it, it's like the constant stoppages in the game are just so frustrating, you know, the game just starts to get entertaining and you've got to take five minutes out to um, take a look at whether someone might or might not have accidentally caught someone in the chin. I don't know, you know, I've said it before and it didn't go down very well, but whether, you know, rather than keep stopping the game, just have a count up after the game. And if, if there's any tackles that, you know, you know, after four replays have had some head contact or something, you know, Maybe everyone should have a quota of points, and if you, you know, if you, if you, if you have one, you know, one minor one, you know, on count back you get one
1: but, point. But Ben, they they have a bloke that does stuff like that that can issue re- retrospective bans. It's called a sighting commissioner. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you put an it. incident on report. It doesn't need to, yeah. to go down this whole. In, Every single decision has to be critiqued and looked at. We've been over it. It's We're going That's, over old ground, but it, it's making the product more and more difficult. The, the first half at Northampton London Irish this week took sixty-seven minutes.
0: What? Oh, it's, it, you can't, <laughs> you can't watch that, can you? It's just
1: no two, three yellow cards. That's three yellow cards in forty minutes of rugby in a sixty-seven minute half,
0: and and it's like you were saying earlier. They'll start those yellow cards they will start to feed through to um to lower level games where there isn't yeah. a video play. But people, yeah. will, I remember you know Hornets played after one of these directives about high tackles got brought in. You know, they got brought in on January the first, and Hornets had a game on you know January the sixth or something like that, and there were five yellow cards in the game.
1: And, it, and that's well and good, but when you're playing at an amateur level, I don't know how much a rugby yellow card costs because I've never been yellow carded, but I know in football it was like 17, 18 quid, wasn't it? If Is you that what it's cards. got up to now? No, that's what it was when I was playing. I remember my red card. The red card I got playing football for Bentley Priory was something like 60-odd quid. Shit. Not and that net. was in 2003, so...
2: Yeah, I don't think I don't think getting a yellow card in, in rugby is, is the same. It can't no, be No, I'm not sure it is, but not, not yeah. as they're handing them out like fucking sweets. Um but yeah, it doesn't doesn't exactly add
0: to the enjoyment of everyone's match on a Saturday, does it? You know, no, no, no it doesn't. Um it was it a way it,
1: it was really yeah. telling on uh, during the Army Navy match, like looking back at that as a as a viewer, just how much better the game flowed because decisions were made there and then. Well, I wonder, like I
2: didn't I didn't watch it because we, we couldn't, but the ma- the Bristol Bath match. Why couldn't you? The Bristol Bath match the other week.
1: I thought you were talking about the Army Navy.
2: No, no, no. The Bristol Bath match where there was no TMO. And I think there were there were some fairly contentious decisions, but everybody kind of just accepted there was no TMO and got on with it. Yeah. Now what if what about if you had, you know, that instead of a, like the sighting commissioner who's in the stand or whatever. Instead of having the TMO just pick up on everything, tell them to fuck off, right? Until you're asked to look at something. And then everything else just gets left to a replay of the match and the citing commissioner and just cite them afterwards.
1: Let's we're not... all we're all we're we're all um, slaves to the Barnsie-isms now, aren't we? Where every referee's got to talk in a certain way. Now I just need to know if what we're looking at has there been contact to the head neck area oh. or is the contact first with the shoulder and then up onto the head neck area? And it's like, fuck me. Like we all, yeah, you're all intelligent blokes. Yeah. You all look good on telly. Make a fucking decision.
2: Doug, just, I just wanted to get your opinion before we go. Like I didn't really want to go too much about the, the extra was the game because it was scrappy at best and an extra of one twice now without really Putting in a decent performance, what was the overall mood like at Worcester? What was what was
1: you know what was the atmosphere like? Well, I think the the, the fans there were were obviously really behind their team, and the, and the players obviously were were really up for it. And there there was a, a mood of, well, we're going to do this for Worcester Rugby Club, and the fans were going to be there for the players who were turning up without getting paid, and you know that kind of backs to the wall kind of feeling but yeah the, the atmosphere is exactly how you think it'd be it, 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 you know y- you felt like a lot of their fans probably thought that this was probably the last time they'd ever watched them the problem was russ i was 60 foot up a hoist so i couldn't really tell
2: true true but you did get donuts sent sold to you by showing it's Nick, Nick, Nick
1: Show greeny sea Donuts
2: <laughs> There we go Nick Show Greasy Donuts um, <laughs> Right With uh, With six minutes left Of, of this particular Zoom call um, Shall we get into some many other business And then get the flock Out of here Sure that? Douglas Why
1: don't you give us some any other business um, I'll tell you what I'll say I Let's go about the um the Queen's the Queen's funeral, which obviously was uh you know very well done. Um I'm sick to death of people who work in telly putting pictures of themselves working in telly on the internet. Well, I don't give a fuck if you've worked at the Queen's funeral. Genuinely. Stick your pass up your jacksey. I don't care. You know I, bet I, mean? I, I bet that's I bet that's rife in your industry. The funeral. The only reason you're putting all that on there is to tell everyone that you worked on the Queen's funeral, and no one cares.
2: I bet that's rife here. You know, all the Facebook friends it's, and that, people for just. Everywhere. Mate, there's a
1: couple of them on Facebook. Like every single day they do a job, they put this, the 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 same picture of a camera and then them standing there taking a selfie with the ground behind them, and it's like I just don't give a flying fuck, mate, that you're at Watford today. I couldn't give a shit. Stop doing it. Um, the other thing about that was the broadcast was on air from like eight till five. And it felt like for the majority of that, I was just watching people having a slow walk. Mm.
2: Yeah. I mean, no. the, the military, preci- the military precision that, that went into that, I mean, it makes you wonder how long that they've they've actually trained for. Well, mate, with
1: those specific people. their like, don't do fuck all else today. Know, they're just was, there doing drill. It was unbelievable.
2: Didn't see, didn't see oh, too many. Uh, time, obviously, didn't see many, many QCS though.
1: <laughs> um, oh fuck! Well, that's me. That's me. Okay. I just just stop putting your fucking selfies on about where you are working, like. I don't mind if you put a selfie on about some something that's interesting, just just not another picture of a fucking camera. I don't care if it's on the mouth. You dicks, <laughs> Ben. Go on.
0: Um, yeah, uh, I thought the yeah the military bits of the funeral were were brilliantly done, weren't they? But um, yeah, I just want to probably just a plea to my neighbours is next time I'm doing a podcast, could you keep your cat in your house because. Um, <laughs> quite interrupted the flow there for a bit.
1: Yeah. I'd just like to say crunchy ice creams are available from Rawlinson's. <laughs> very nice. Very good. Very nice.
2: Um, a couple of things for me, like the, the whole um, fury that Britain has gone into meltdown because Holly Willoughby and Phil Schofield jumped the queue to see the queen in a coffin, is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever, ever heard. But who cares,
1: right? Well, Schofield's a cunt though, right? Yeah. So I hope they do get him because he is an asshole. He left his family for a, an 18-year-old boy.
2: But it's, it's not like, in the grand scheme of it, it's just really not important that two people skip the queue and however many other countless celebrities or whatever. And just because Susanna Reed decided to fucking queue up with her mum and David Beckham decided to queue up because his dad said that was the right thing to do. You know, all all, all for humility and all for just being normal people, but don't make but a you're big one thing of the about...
1: least humble people I know. I'm as you humble as I come. That Let me tell you if you'd have been given half a chance you'd have jumped that queue. I wouldn't have you'd have been, been in the right to the going. front pushing grannies out of the way. I'm not I'm not really interested. <laughs> Having you know,
2: we we did our, our bit of time in the military. I was never a proper, you know, rah-rah Royal Air Force person. But, you know, I I'd started genuinely to get a little bit sick of it all. You know, I just I couldn't wait for it all to be to be over. Um and the self righteousness. What,
1: yeah, what I said was you would definitely have pushed grannies and children away. I wouldn't out of the way, I, wouldn't, I right. wouldn't, definitely wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Um
2: and secondly and on a, on a lighter note um I discovered a series on Netflix and this may shock you given my history of not liking stuff that isn't remotely believable.
1: I um, like wine.
2: I've just finished watching uh, the Umbrella Academy. I don't know if you've watched the Umbrella Academy. you no. watched it. It's worth, worth a look. Quite enjoyed it. And for all of my again, you know, saying I don't like fantasy type stuff. It was very good. Hmm so uh there you go um this was fun felt a little bit more upbeat slightly more organized a little bit a little bit better this week um that's our, that's my opinion anyway obviously yours may differ uh, we may be back next week i'm hoping that we might see um we might have the Hanson back at some point um but nuki are playing vior this saturday at nuki Ooh, um, if there's any
1: uh, streamed footage i will watch
2: um <laughs> And there's also half a chance that I might make a comeback. What? what against V or Head? Yeah. Before this broadcast ends any second, it, it, it is a distinct possibility. Given Nuki's current injury list and availability, it may be that that old old man Melson gets wheeled out for one more, one more go. Oh my good. But we'll see. And I'm sure if anyone's around, they might do some live streaming. And/or video of me getting marmalised by a. I'd love to see it by an ogre from Camborne. So, anyway, this this will end very very soon.
0: Sports Social
2: Podcast Network